Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there we go. You are now the kid is sleeping, about to witness. Hold on. The awesome crushing a might of the U G S Robinson show not only am I horse from the road well mostly I'm horse from the road the kid is sleeping so we're gonna have to soft pedal the screen show stop Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly apparently never ends, despite what you might have heard. This is version number a two, a two, two of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. First one in a while, because uh, I've been away. Like the guy says on Crying Faces, I didn't see none of your kids until I was 10. You thought I was really at college? <laughs> oh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. The show might go long this week, but maybe not. Anyway, two, two, two. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Stigmata is singing us in as they have every single week since 2007. The record is called The Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer, shoot you to death in a nightclub, and run your mayor pro tem straight the hell out of town. Bob Riley, I think, recently had a birthday or an anniversary for his father or something, both of who are still alive and kicking. Let me get my stuff organized. You can see that this is, uh, I'm not, my powers of organization not complete here. Yeah, I'll talk about punching Germans in the nuts in a second. Let's let Bob sing us in. But I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and for always nothing. All right, my friends. All right, all right. It's been a while, right? I just recorded. Uh, I just recorded uh, "Care Don't Care" uh, about the oopsie from last night. The eight-hour-plus. Oofsy. Don't tell me anything else. I started watching at nine o'clock, had to interrupt at noon to go to jujitsu, did two hours of jujitsu, get back in the car, turn it on. The fight's still going on. I get home. The kid is up from a nap. From two o'clock, 2.30, I get home. It's on until 5.15. Nobody, but nobody needs that kind of oofsy input. Nobody needs eight hours and 15 minutes uh, of, of of the Uzi. And John Nash said it best in the recording of Care Don't Care. He goes, you know, those people get on us. Oh, you're not really fans of the fights. Nobody but a complete lunatic watches all eight hours and 15 minutes. 
but I'm raising my hand. I was away. I felt compelled to do so. And outside of jiu-jitsu, which I was not going to take off, I did so. Commercials at the top of the hour since we've been away. Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal the money. Oh, you heard that Sergey Brin's wife fucked Elon Musk and now they're getting divorced? Not surprising. Hey, but, but, but. Guess who's got an inside track on it? This is the show you come to this stuff for. Uh, um, uh, uh, Patreon.com slash The Stomper or Eugene-Robinson-28. It's either Venmo or uh, Cash App, I can't remember, or Planet Oxbow, which is either Cash App or Venmo, I can't remember. These are all ways to donate money to the show if that's what you want to do. Pinko, uh, sorry, uh, P.O. Box 19271, Stanford, California, 94309 if you want to send it the old-fashioned way. But you know what? I uh, um, We're in a, a tough economic time. If it comes down to supporting the show or getting yourself a sandwich, my advice, get yourself a sandwich. Commercials are done. Let me explain to you how we got here. Now, you'll say... Hey, Mr. Robinson, what what happened? Usually used to do the show from the... Yes, when I was on tour with L'Enfance Rouge, I did the show from the road. I did the show from Lyon. I did the show from from Copenhagen when I was there with Oxbow. I've done the show. Um, But you understand what solidified is kind of the Oxbow way has hardened into my way. And that's when these guys were like trying to put together the tour. They were like, well, he was, I said, look, look, no days off. You know what happens on days off? Morbid self-attentions. And most importantly, no cash. I appreciated what Patty Pimlet said last night. You know, men don't talk. And he's right. Men don't really talk to each other. However, he's wrong about a few things. And I'm going to quote Paul Bowles here, the, the author of Sheltering Sky. Tangiers is really wonderful. You must come and visit it sometime, but please don't come visit me. To which I would add to what Pimblet said, yeah, men don't talk enough. I understand you might have complaints. Great, don't complain to me. I got my own problems. You know, I know I've been there since the 60s. It's all right to cry. Even big guys do it and they encourage men to talk. But you you remember the creed of the show, shoulder your burdens without complaint. Shoulder your burdens without complaint. Now, I got problems. Sometimes you need a sounding board. But I do it, I piecemeal my parish priesthood. Right? I'll drop a little bit with one guy, drop a little bit with another guy, and the rest comes out of jujitsu. And then I get my stuff taken care of. Instead of doing this misery dump to any one single person or that generic you that people go on the Facebook, I've been diagnosed with 14 different types of cancer. Look, I'm sorry about your fucking cancer, okay? And I'm sorry that you can't figure out a reason to stay alive on this toilet bowl we call Earth. Uh, but uh, QTAT, acronym of the week, quick time cross town, I, I just, I can't. They say compassion is a virtue, to quote David Byrne, but I, I don't have the time. I don't want you to kill yourself, but if you feel like you're going to, call one of those hotlines. Don't call me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chadwick Boseman, that was, yeah, that's a man. <laughs> Kept making movies. Man, you're losing kind of weight. Yeah, I buy it. 
every high school gym coach in America will tell your best, walk it off because nobody gives a fuck. Now, if I want genuine interest, there are places to go to get it. Generally, probably your mom. You want hugs, that's probably a good place to start. If you don't have that kind of relationship with your mother, then a sibling. But like I've said to people before, <laughs> JB, that's right. <laughs> like I've said before, if I'm the best friend you have, you're in big trouble. My wife has heard me say that. She goes, well, I'm your best friend. <laughs> I go, yes, you are. She goes, does that mean that I am in big trouble? Uh, that depends. <laughs> you know, Jim Morrison said it best. Uh, let's go. I'm quoting all the great singers. You know, you reach a hand to hold me, but I can't be. Look, I am I am treading water much less effectively if I'm doing it one-handed. So I, hats off to Patty Pimlet. Condolences for your friend, but please don't come to Tangiers to visit me. Anyway, so let me explain. Um, usually I've done the show from the road. I had the laptop with me in order to do the show from the road. But I said, I don't want any days off because morbid self-attentions and and uh, and uh, and no money. Also, no food. So these three things is misery producing. And then uh, um, so I landed. 14-hour flight, no sleep for us from uh, San Francisco to Frankfurt and then from Frankfurt to Venice. Stumble out of the airport in the middle of a heat apocalypse. Those guys pick me up, go sound check, go to sound check, play. Oh, you got jet lag? Fuck you. That's my name. Fuck your jet lag. When do we get up tomorrow? Well, breakfast stops at 9 and we drive by 9.30 to get to the next show. Get it. Get Get at it. I got to put that meme, if you follow me on Instagram, Mr. Sleep 3 on Instagram, you follow me on there, to put that meme, what people think backstage is like titties, what backstage is really like dudes, all right? And in our case, you know, any number of different graffiti-stained, strewn spaces, not, this was work. I'm not complaining. I'm shoulder, this was, I had a great time. I'm just trying to explain why the leisure that went into uh, a self-booked L'Enfance Rouge tour was not part of an industry booked tour. All these cats, these Italian cats are in larger bands. The tour manager is the wife of, of the guitar player. And at one point she, after the best show, 5,000 people in Birmingham, England, as part of supersonic festival. That was great. The worst show, Switzerland, as we always expected the country that banned me for 10 years on account of my penis, penis. But they have the same lure that they had for the Nazis. The Swede, Switzerland keeps getting you back because they offer huge amounts of cash. So you keep going back, and next thing you know, your testicles down in the dirt, which happened. You want to know what I mean? Read the tour diaries at Look What You Made Me Do, the Eugene S. Robinson show, uh, substack, the last four. I'll explain the testicle and dirt. That's not figurative. That's literal. So I'm complaining. I'm sitting there, you know, it was after the show. She's checking to see if I'm all right. I'm kind of grousing. And I'm thinking in my head, God damn you, Lucy Van Pelted by Switzerland again. And she goes, I really love playing these, these intimate spots. And I go, where do you guys usually play? They go, well, you know, 10,000 seat arenas. What? Apparently their band after hours was huge. One of the guitar players after band after hours was so huge that the singer from after hours 
got plucked to do the Italian version of whatever uh, 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 American Idol is in Italy. So that band Maniskin, which apparently is the most listened to band on Spotify in the world, these Italian street performers who became huger than God, they sing in Italian and, and English, Maniskin, M-A-N-E-S-K-I-N, never heard them before. Yeah, and Cuckoo Clocks, Switzerland. He got hired to do a judge on one of the shows. He was getting fourth that four hundred thousand dollars an episode. That's so. That's kind of what killed After Hours. I I had no idea. Went to dude's house. We at one point we had to drop off some equipment as we passed on the way to Bologna, and I go, huh. we're in the middle of Milan, a major metropolitan, sophisticated city. And dude's got a four-story house with a private gate in it. They actually made some money. I got to get them to come visit me in East Palo Alto. <laughs> so so, so these guys were like all about it, man. They were like, man, we're, we're you know, this is the hardcore. You're living the hardcore dream. Yeah. Oh, JB, let me tell you, man. Let me tell you. I was I was having all this adjective going up to this tour, like I'm being all cagey with the, you know, when my leaving date are. And then my, my boss was like, yeah, fine. That's fine. Whatever. Just take your time off. I said, I'm going to be working from the road. They're like, yeah, whatever. I said, okay, I'm going to stop into the London office. They're like, yeah, whatever. I stop into the London office for, for long duty. There's nobody at the like the front desk downstairs. They go, I'm here for long duty. I expect it. I could go ahead and go on up. I go up and knock on the door. Some guy lets me in. I'm wandering through the office. I'm texting people. Say, so, yeah, we had a big party today. Most people didn't come to work. To, huh? I said, I tell one texting one guy, I go, you're not going to shit. He goes, no, I'm at home. I'm, yeah. I go, your security here sucks, man. I'm, I'm going to start stealing stuff. Ha, ha, ha. He's like, well, yeah. This, and he starts telling me where the good stuff is. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It was, it was, I didn't, none of that adjective, none of that weirdness. The reviews, you saw that, like, they had the good reviews uh, in, in The Guardian, no less. They loved the Boonwell thing at Supersonic. It was really nice to not, it was, you know, and every now and then I'll have like these dreams of, of being back in that nine year hellhole. And those of you who listened to this show longer knew about my crazy rantings. It was so great to be out of that misery. However, it doesn't explain why I didn't do the show. So uh, we pull in, and these guys were very different. They're like, <laughs> something I would hate with jujitsu, but I love in this instance. Like, insofar as possible, Eugene, you get the solo room, right? The guitar player and his wife, who was a tour manager, they got a room together. The rhythm section got a room together, and they usually pulled the bed in for the sound guy. So those guys, three, they were fine. Oh, they stayed at a friend's house, whatever. And Oxbow is always a struggle for the single room. It's ridiculous because of the guitar player. He deserved it. Okay, whatever. So I had to set up where I could have done it in the room. But a lot of times in the next room, I don't. And my system is all jet lagged. I don't want to be screaming the show intro. And I wasn't watching the fights. And this is how we get into the fights. Because I was reading the comment. I was reading the comments on Twitter machine. And of course, through ESPN Plus, I was looking, but something weird happened, right? It is pretty clear to anybody paying attention based on what happened last night. And despite what some of the hardcores might want to, what might want, might want you to think, I mean, nobody's, the Baldwin wasn't there. And I talk about this on the last, if the shoes fit. What was misty as fuck for me that last week, 
Sorry for those of you who didn't watch it. I will reiterate for those of you who did watch it. I will reiterate, reiterate here for those who didn't. UFC, UFC, UFC was misty as fuck. Dead. It's dead. And I said, and I, Alexi and and and, and uh, Kidnate gave me time to lay it out. And what I said is, listen, li- listen. All of the talk about this is the fastest growing sport in uh, in America. This is an uptake. Men b- between the ages of twenty and, and thirty five are increasing. Guy at the at the at cage side, you have basketball players, you have hockey players, you have baseball players. This is taking the world by storm. No longer is, we have the red light district of sports where you got these criminals, these felons who become boxers. Now you have guys like Rich Franklin and da da da. This had been the big push. You know what that was? Let, let me let me let me explain to you. When I worked at Music Player Network and I got called as editor in chief of, of EQ magazine, they called me in and said, We need we're gonna have layoffs. We need you to, to lay off a few people. I go, who? I, my staff is six. And I went through my staff. The guy who dropped dropped out of his MA program to come here and join the staff who just got here a month ago, I'm not gonna fire him. My designer, who is like a 60-year-old, uh, 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 you know, uh, single gay man who just bought his first house, not going to fire him. A uh, woman who's managing editor whose mother just died, Debbie, I'm not going to fire And I went through the list. And they go, okay, eh, no problem. I go, how much are we trying to mitigate anyway? They go, $3 million. Nobody on my staff makes near that and not enough to even make a dent in that. So they go, great. They call me in Monday. They go, we're laying you off. Fine. You do what you got to do. You do you you do what you got to do. It was all about positioning it for sale. I hadn't realized that, and so they created these great fictitious numbers, and it did sell to a company called New Bay. And when New Bay got the real numbers, they realized chicanery was afoot. They clawed back all that stuff. The guys who laid me off got fucked in the butt, and it was a success story for Eugene Robinson because I could look at myself in the mirror. Sadly, some of those people who I refused to lay off when I asked them for favors later denied me bowls of soup. Don't want to say who. I'm glad the older guy who bought his house can still live in a house. So despite the fact that I offered to give him cash to design the cover of my book, he refused to do it. Got weird with me. Whatever. I did the right thing. So they all this talk about the Deltas, and we should have known. When I went to that media confab, and I told you I met that guy from Endeavor, and that guy in New York, and the guy was telling me, oh, man, Endeavor, oh, yeah, you know, we bought the Oofsie, and this is good, and I'll, but I, you come to L.A., we'll hang out, I'll take you to, and I was thinking, cage side, seats, he's super excited, and what was it? PBR, not Pabst Blue Ribbon, professional bull riding. <laughs> It's just a line item for those guys. It's a very profitable line item, but I guarantee you, Ari Emanuel didn't know shit about UFC when Giblet was being sponsored by the Reebok deal that they had and knows even less now, except they're shorn of this fiction that it's going to be the, it's going to be the sport that overtakes America. No, it's not going to be. They know that. I'm just discovering that. The ball one doesn't even show up to fights anymore. And when he does, he's watching other sports when he's at that fight. There's no more growth delta. We we talk about newbies. And I, I mentioned this at jujitsu. And he goes, Oh, are you kidding? You know, uh, people I work, they they mention fighters' names to me. They, you know, that I'm just shocked that they even know. I go, Oh, really? Which fighters? Oh, you know, Conor McGregor. Oh, really? 
When's the last time Conor McGregor fought? They know Conor McGregor because they have been on TMZ and they see him throwing a drink at Machine Gun Kelly. Okay? That's how they know Conor McGregor. Well, what other fighters do you know? Well, uh, who's that other guy? That's about right. There's no growth delta. There's no newbies. There's nobody coming. There's no cavalry rescue. We are Custer facing the Lakota and the Cheyenne. And like the Minutemen said, Custer died with shit in his pants. We're in a dead man's land. The sport is dead. Dead, dead, dead. There's probably a five-year lock-in for the bald one. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm sure he likes the big fights. We all like the big fights. But I would cut off a finger. If you could prove to me that he watched as much of yesterday's fights as we watched. And I say we because I'm texting and I know some of you were there. I mean, tweeting. Porno for Pyro's reunion. Sorry, I didn't get to your, your, your question. I don't know. Whatever. I what you know. It's hard to sit around at home. So, so that, so that what I laid out on the shoes fit. It's that we're like thinking about newbies. Like there's, a, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. It looks like okay, Johnny Boney Joni, to Mister Is's point, is going to get booked against Stipe, and they're trying to trying to gin up the fight. And tomorrow. And tomorrow. Oh, we're going to discover Johnny Boney Joni of tomorrow. You know, that's not Patty Pimlet. You know, like Nash said today on on uh, on uh, uh, care don't care. You know, what is the upside to Pimlet? Guy's got a great personality. I like him. I like somebody from uh, you know from the from Scotland, Wales, England, Ireland. Who's got a little bit of the gift of the gab? Not Ian Gary, who's like looking on his on his fucking cue cards and trying to duplicate so to catch the lightning in the bottle again. No, Pim, Pimlet, I think, is an original. I like his shtick. I like uh, 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 Meatball Molly McCann because I like passion. These people are very passionate about what they're doing. Of course, the Baldwin loves that because passion blinds you to nickels and dimes. Yeah, exactly. Just another brick in the wall. So our sport is dead. I don't, if a year from now, like I said before, a year from now, there's keystone fights that need to be booked. There are a few fighters that are keeping me around, but I still haven't explained why I haven't done the show <laughs> while I was away. So it was a boom, 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 every, every night. There was a heat apocalypse. There were short drives getting up early. And because of the dumbasses in the UK, now I, I want to use is from the UK. And you said you sort of I was I was unrelenting on my anti-Brexit rhetoric. And the guy said, I've been unemployed for six years. You don't understand. I'm willing to try anything, anything. Fuck you and your EU, anything. Okay, so anything was chosen. Boris Johnson, at one point, it is said that he flipped a coin. As to whether he would come down those stairs and be pro-Brexit or anti-Brexit, coin ended up being uh, pro-Brexit, and so they moved. Let me tell you, let me tell you something globally. One thing I was super impressed by, and it was like, it was like one of those things like a friend buys a red car, and then all of a sudden you see that red car all over the place. I was 
one, I was terrified of dying as usual anywhere I went. But more significantly, I noticed because mostly if I'm on the ground, if I'm terrified, I'm terrified. There, I'm on the ground, I'm terrified. But I noticed trucks are everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I'm not talking about SUVs. I'm talking about trucks. I'm talking about the never ending muscular churn of industry. Every single fucking country, trucks packed with goods and services owned and run by human beings that are listening, that are moving to the tune of a different piper. And then you get to, you get now, right now, they're having the, 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 the Dover, the channel crossing at Dover and Calais is jam packed. The French are blaming Brexit. The British are blaming the French. The reality of it is they didn't have these problems before Brexit. The waiting line is like 18 hours. It's exactly as they predicted. So now you have your autonomy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. BC's right. Exactly. So now you have your so-called autonomy. Johnson is gone for trying to finagle a way out. They don't, the new prime minister doesn't take place till September. 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 Trucks are backed up, but there was this churn, and you finally get there. You get to like the, and it's full. Every single city. I, I mean, I've been on the highways and byways of America, and they've been full of trucks too, but this is unrelenting. And you look at this, and you look at this, and you're like, people own these. People own these. The ramifications of what it means to be part of the top, top. Listen, the top 10 richest people in the world, a couple of them are people who like know me, right? So the news breaks today that Sergey Brin is getting divorced because his wife in December fucked Elon Musk. First of all, I don't understand the appeal of this prick. But as a guy who knows something about other men's wives, I would have to say, good on Musk. All these guys, this is all like a revenge of the nerds if you haven't been able to figure out the whole Google two-step. You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, guys got brains, no game, whatever. Leaves his wife, and what does Ann do? Ann now gets all that Google money, starts fucking A-Rod. I've met A-Rod before. A-Rod's a big-ass phony. <laughs> I'm sorry. Seemed like a nice enough guy, but 100% pure phony. I knew when he appeared appeared on a morning talk show in New York with uh, Kraplos Watson that talking about 60,000 tickets were sold for Ozzy Fest. I knew he's either stupid, lying, or out of his mind. But in any case, it all summed up the same way phony. And I was like, he's never marrying that woman. I watched him in J-Lo at our events there. Like James Chance saying, dude's got a roving eye. (laughs) I'm just saying. And so they say, oh, the wedding planning is going slow. I was slow, nothing. That dude's not getting married. So he's like, this is my best friend. I'm the eighth richest man in the world. My best friend, the first richest man in the world, he's like, oh, the party went too late. I've had too much to drink. And I stay at you. Don't stay at you. I'll give you a Tesla. We'll hang. Well, you know, Sergey Brennan was, he was training at Sorrell Academy. 
he would he and all his father and all these dudes, Russian cats, would do a lockout Thursday mornings. But they said, "Do I have to get the fuck out?" They go, "No, just take, leave him alone, but take a shower and get." So I start because I speak a little German, so I'm talking to the German guys, the Russian guys, talking to the father, blah blah blah. So I become I'm a friendly presence. I'm known. Hey Eugene, hey. Every time I come out, though, Sergey, he gives me the whole <laughs> celebrity thing. Like, I'm going to walk across the mat and ask him for his fucking autograph. You're lucky you're doing Muay Thai. Just to show you how little I care about your status in life, I would be glad to, I would be glad to train with you Muay Thai. It's not like I haven't done it before. But his wife, who came with him, was very friendly. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Eighth richest man in the world. If eighth richest man in the world can't keep sausages out of places where sausages that aren't his should be, shouldn't be, what hope is there? And I go, I I, I busted this loose at jujitsu today, and they're like, no, I said, not a single man who can fuck well ends up like this. Yeah, if you know what I mean. He's like, what are you talking about? And I go. He goes, you know, men who get who fuck well, he 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 he, he you know get left, and, and he goes, he goes, there's no man who fucks well. I go, I know one. <laughs> he goes, ah, you've been dumped too. Yeah, I've been dumped because you know you get dumped, but you get dumped when you're not willing to give the franchise. You know what? Where's this going? If you can't answer that question, sometimes you get dumped because the answer is nowhere. Good dick forever doesn't mean anything. But if you're willing to throw in the franchise, then it gets exciting. So here she is fucking the eighth richest man in the world. His best friend is staying over. He's had too much to drink. Could you stay over? Yes, you could stay over. There's an old blues song. Don't let somebody with a penis hang around your house too long. Are you fucking crazy? I stayed at some place and 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 the and the and the guy's like, oh, I'm gonna leave for a little bit. And then and the rest of the band is like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Take your girlfriend with you. Do not leave her here with Eugene. This has been a long-standing thing. You've heard me talk about it. Rollins says to me, oh, yeah, Eugene, uh, we got Black Flag's got to go back to L.A. Can Vivian stay here? Yeah, she can stay. So sleep on the couch. Get a blanket. Middle of the night. It's kind of cold. Yeah, I'm sorry. I turn on the space heater. She goes, oh, I could just get in bed with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could happen. So she's fucking Elon Musk. So I'm like, well, how did, how, you know, how did this, then they get separated. They're having problems. He was probably a very comforting shoulder. And for some reason, the detail comes out that he fucked her in Miami at Art Basel. I don't know why that was important, but that's a detail. He riven with guilt. Riven with guilt, approaches Sergey. I'm not making this shit up. I'm reading this in the Wall Street Journal. Don't think I'm out of my mind. Drops to his knees in front of Sergey and pleads for forgiveness. Listen, listen. Keep your shit together. You know, you're going to play this fucking game. Play the game. You know, there's shit that I've done that if somebody ran in here with a gun and said, look, I'll give you, I'll use the guy's name. Rudy said to me at one point, Eugene, I hear this rumor that my girlfriend came over to your house last night 
and uh, after midnight, and she they all end up, she and her two friends ended up in your bed, and there was some fondling, something happened. I need you to confirm or deny this. I looked Rudy in the eye and goes, it never happened. Rudy knew I was lying. I knew Rudy knew that I was lying. But in my mind, what it matters at that point is that what matters at that point is one, that I don't publicly admit to any illegal activity. And secondarily, that I was willing to go to my grave to protect this fiction that his girlfriend was faithful. Going to play that game, play it all the way. He unfortunately viewed me as a snake and ceased our friendship, whatever. A couple uh, cardinal rules of criminal activity. Don't be caught doing it. I don't know. Was she 17? Yeah, okay. I was a younger man then. So he drops on his one knee. He's begged Sergey. Sergey pushes for divorce. Fuck this. They have a kid together because that's apparently what you do with a billionaire. Now you don't have the kid. You don't have the money. And she's now looking to to override her her prenup and ask for a billion dollars. She said, "I was pregnant when I signed the prenup. I signed it under duress, and it should be invalidated." I mean, there's no going back from that. There's absolutely no going back from that. You know, you're sitting at dinner and she's talking to you about something and you're just looking at her mouth and you're envisioning Elon's hog in her mouth. It's like, ah, how can, you know, there's some people I've said before that you can have sex after. Eh, Whatever, whatever. And there's some people that, you know, this is a bridge too far. I I cannot, I cannot, I will. I don't want to have to live with this. So Sergey, he's out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, go to the dishes, man. Um, so he's out. So, 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 um, so I'm looking at all this industry churning across, and then I then I realize, you know, and there's the whole Brexit thing, and yeah, you know, that um, that that we're being played in a really super aggressive, disgusting, dirty way. Because in, in from city to city, I'm seeing a couple of things. I'm seeing the dramatically muscular fucking engine of, of industry churning everywhere in unprecedented ways and fashions based on my ocular observations of the roadside. And on the other hand, I'm going into towns and I'm seeing towns that didn't have homeless, unhoused populations increasingly large and in every one of those cities in, in every one of those countries where there's been an increase in 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 uh unhoused homeless people there's been a swing to uh, swing to the right 42 percent of the population in april in france voting for le pen the fucking democratic governor of the state of california is sending commercials running commercials on TV in Florida saying, oh, you know, you don't like the gun laws and don't don't say gay, blah, blah, blah. Come to a state that's civilized and because he's got national aspirations, Governor Newsom with his national aspirations. Governor, all they have to do, anybody who's paying attention, who's got right-leaning proclivities, all you have to do is take some camera clip, go downtown San Francisco, city he used to be mayor of, or Los Angeles, or Sacramento the state capitol and, and drive around with a camera for about half an hour and then and then weave that into a commercial 
which is fine. And we understand their problems. It's a $97 billion surplus in California. That's more than the GDP of a lot of countries on the face of this planet. And still, all of these geniuses can't figure out a way to take care of the homeless problem. It's a cat's paw. It's being used. And right as I'm saying that, there's, I'm delayed in my return from Europe because a homeless guy stabbed some guy at the baggage carousel at San Francisco Airport, International Airport. Now, I don't know if you know much about San Francisco International Airport. It's not in San Francisco, right? It's in actually south of South San Francisco. It's not easy to get to. Yeah, there are buses and there's like a barred extension you can get there. It's not, not easy to get to. And yet, these are stories. You know, homeless people kill homeless people all the time. You don't read those stories. You read about the one who went and stabbed the girl who was a shop girl who had so much promise. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they're being manipulated as a cat's paw. And now people are saying, Joe, uh, whole Joe games, like jokingly saying the quiet part out loud, like, hey, maybe we should just shoot them. Maybe we should shoot them. Yeah, people say, well, you know, this whole NIMBY thing, you're going to build homeless encampments where you're going to be, I don't want to, you know, low-income housing. I don't want to have to live around low-income housing. Look, they did, a, they had an award-winning program in San Francisco where they said, we have this money for housing. You know, we're actually going to go to poor people who have lived in this housing and have them tell us how they want to spend it. And the poor people came up with like 10 rules of the road. And it's a successful development right now, right off of uh, uh, the, the Valencia and 16th, right over there. They're like, if you have a job that has you getting home from work after six, but you have teenage children that get out of school at three, they have to be involved in sport. No non-custodial activity. No, can't have the kids around. All of a sudden, the graffiti drops off and the piss in the stairwells and the broken bottles. If you have a number of uh, anonymous neighbor complaints, you're fucking out. If you leave dirt or you... You're out. You're out. And, all, and now you have a functioning, you know, poor people are not fucking stupid. They're just poor. Well, sometimes they're stupid, but, you know, you know, it's not particularly that population. But they're being manipulated. First, it's a shooting. And now they're talking about just like with the Jews in Madagascar in 1933. They're talking about, well, maybe we could start to ship them into. Bill Burr's special is great. He, he is a prime example of, of, a, of a working class lefty guy that I grew up with in the 60s that uh, is plain talking, straight talking, not taking a lot of bullshit, but has, has lefty sympathies. Instead of what the parties become, a party of the people who I avoided going to Ivy League school, so I wouldn't want to hang out with because I hung out with them in high school. You know, <laughs> And even 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 Hogan had to get on uh, Jordan Peterson and go, what the fuck? What do you give a shit? So what somebody wants to call themselves? Hey, she, them, whatever. Fine, whatever. Call yourself whatever. Call you. I don't give a shit. It was no skin off my nose. She, he, whatever. She, they, them. I'm fine. Whatever. I don't care. What the fuck do you care? Why is that a hill? And at the same time, that fucking dummy. Now, let me tell you what happened. You want to know, honest to God, what happened with Chappelle? Chappelle, Chappelle fucked somebody who was trans. Now, allegedly, now you, a friend of mine says, you won't believe what happened to me last night. I got my cock sucked at the bus stop. 
well, well, what happened? Well, I was a little bit late and I was waiting at the bus. I started talking to this woman. She's so super hot. And next thing I know, and we're all listening, some guy goes, you know what, man? That wasn't a woman. He's like, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe it was. That's a healthy attitude. The other unhealthy attitude is to do this, realize that the person that you had uh, uh, who presented as a biological female was actually not a biological female, that might send you into a spiral along the lines of, oh my God, am I gay? How gay am I? What does this mean? I was aroused. And then, you know what? To shut all that shit down, like the cast of Amontillado, the, the, what is that? I always mispronounce it. Fortunately, I have the book here, which I stole from a club in, in, uh, in Bristol. It's uh, uh, it's uh, Edgar Allan Poe. It was just sitting there on the floor. So I was like, well, I read four books on the tour, you know. Uh, here we go. The cask of, what is it? The Edgar Allan Poe story. I always, and the book is dusty as fuck. So it's, you know, cigarette smoke. It's making me sneeze. The show is going to go a little bit longer. So if you got to go wash dishes, I would understand. But I got to get this right because I've been mispronouncing it for years. And I want to get it right because this is important. <laughs> uh, yeah, there it is. The cast of Amontillado. Amontillado, right? Yeah, get, thank you, Mr. JB. There you go. So um, so that's what he does. He locks this shit up behind bricks. I'm not going to think about it until he tells an offhand joke about somebody at a party. And then they say, "He, I'm not going to change my whole... It should have ended there. With this dummy has been a multi-year, how many fucking specials do we have to hear about this and then you look at the super that new bill birthing the super deft way he dealt with it oh my god it was it was perfection chef's kiss perfection his thing about the lesbian perfection bill burr is fucking dark horse great you know he sketch comedy and i and i have another thing i want to talk about that i'm going to write about later with uh, 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 Chappelle, and I'm just going to leave it. I did it once before under the headline in the substack of anti-black blackness. Just let that sit there for you. Just let that sit there for you. You know, I'll write about it later. I still want to, I still want to, I still want to, I, I want to analyze it a bit more, but keep in mind, keep in mind what caused him to walk away from the show to begin with. And then just let that sit there for a bit. If I choose to revisit it, at least let it come back to you. Let it come back to your head. So, um, so we're being we're being manipulated. It, this still doesn't explain why I didn't do the show. I just didn't do the show because I am disaffected. I could write about it in the tour diary, which not everybody watches the show, which I did. And I tweeted out so those of you who watch the show could read the tour diary. But sitting, talking, especially since my voice was thrashed, this was a fundamentally different tour, sounded different, different sound guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that was great. And that that's what somebody that's what somebody should have said to, to, to Hogan a long time ago. That was simple, just blue-collar barroom logic. Something I would have said at the Olympia Gym in Ridgewood, Queens in 1978. What the fuck do you know? This is when you've been a doctor. Well, I've been reading the oh the internet. Get the fuck out of here with that. You know, Bill Burr said the the quiet part out loud. So um so a uh, I, I wrote the tour diary. Didn't do the show. 
because largely it's not it's not a decision that I'm making consciously, which is something that's important. It's not like I'm out there saying the world is going to end, heaven's gate, we're going to da 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 no. no. It's like when your relationship, right before you discover that your wife is sucking Elon Musk cock, you kind of realize, man, I, I don't really care that she's done so. The oopsie, I'm going to sit down when I'm in, where did I go? I went to Slovenia, France, uh, England, uh, uh, Brussels, uh, Germany. I'm going to sit down at two o'clock in the morning where my throat is all burnt out from screaming for, for an hour and, you know, and let me tell you something else to BC's comment. Let me tell you something else. I thought I was doing something bold and visionary by leaving this fucking toilet bowl behind and moving to Europe. You know how many expats I met over there? And I'm not talking about expats of like guys who worked at Apple. I'm talking about guys I know from New York hardcore. What the? Jimmy, what are you doing here? Fuck, I live here now, man. Why? Because Jimmy doesn't make enough money to still live on the Lower East Side. More importantly, Jimmy, who is now 66 years old, doesn't make enough money to live on the Lower East Side and pay and pay for his eventual health care. How he has to work to have health care to cover partially what's going to happen to him as he says, well, can't do it, cannot do it. So Jimmy learns to speak fucking Italian and moves to Bologna or moves to Brussels or moves to. So you want to know where all the old hardcore cats have been? Only hardcore cats that still live in Roger from Agnostic Front no longer lives in New York, lives in Arizona. I know Dwid from uh, who's actually got family money from Integrity lives in Brussels, guys, and that's part of my calculation as well. I can stop working in four years if I'm not worried about health. The only reason I'm working now is I love my job, but I also need the health care. Not for me, for the wife and the kid. Exactly, man. So you want to? They said Portugal, fifty. It's 50% cheaper than New York City. No, the, the guy, the singer, Dwid's family apparently has got some money. Is Dwid Hellion, the same guy who sings for I love that guy. He's a good guy. But, you know, you look at the people you know in bands, guys in Neurosis, they all moved to Idaho, you know, out in the sticks in, in Oregon. They can make that work. LA, if you're also willing to do film work, yeah, that, that works what they're doing i thought i was doing something bold and visionary that I, somehow i'd been a principal that i had a prisoner of conscience and i had to leave no it's got calculation i can't stay here will not and cannot yeah yeah there you go there's Acha. yeah <laughs> so um so uh so that, that's that, that is one thing i discovered but mostly it was that so i i kind of had a little distance and I didn't mind not doing the show, which is why I didn't do the show. Yep. Yep. Didn't do the show. Didn't miss it. Keep in mind, when I say didn't miss it, I did the tour diary. 
It's just a switch. Now something happens. This happened. Of course, this will only mean something to you if you speak Italiano. <laughs> it's the Italian version of a long, slow screw. No picture uh, released the same day that Michael Gira's book is released in Italy. So now this is available. They couldn't translate a long, slow screw into Italian or French in a way that got the clever wordplay in place. So they called it the lead character's last name, which also means our father, right? The Paternostra, the, 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 the Jesus prayer. So now it's in French, in a edition in cult, and it's in Italian and English. So that's cool. Also, uh, yesterday, what is no, two days ago, Friday, I signed a contract for the memoir. And you know I've been dithering on the memoir, right? And I was dithering on the memoir because nobody's kids need to read about what their father did with their penis, right? So I'm like, okay, I don't want to. And they go, no, 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 we don't want to do that either. How about you just cover right up to Oxbow? Birth right up to Oxbow, that I can do. Sign the contract, walk across dirty water is a preliminary uh, uh, um, uh, uh, title. And already I'm I'm writing about Bill Clinton and the whole bit. So it's I've, I've gotten it there, you know? Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Like, you know, I already saw what happened to Klaus Kinski with his book, uh, All I Need Is Love, where he just started naming all the people he was having sex with, and then they all sued, and then they cut it to pieces and released it as Kinski Uncut. He didn't talk about raping his daughter, so as far as I'm concerned, the biography is worthless, autobiography is worthless. But uh, but uh, so far, I promised him the book by the end of the year. I've started writing on it, and it's, it's amusing. I know it's good. If it's like a long, slow screw, when I'm going through the pages, I'm laughing as I'm writing. Um, sadly, though, <laughs> you have heard lots of these stories before, so it might not be that interesting to you. But for the growth delta that I'm expecting, it might be useful and interesting. And should have photos. If I, if, if I, I'm hoping that, that that's part of their planning. We'll, we'll see. I need to, I need to reread the contract. Um, but it, it would be smart for them to have photos. It won't be Rollins. It won't be like Rollins is get in the van because after you read get in the van, you don't still don't know anything about Rollins. You know, consequently, you know lots about what I've done with music, but you know the personal, and I go into detail about strange things that you, if you watch a show, you don't know. Last night's fight, eight point five, eight, eight hours and fifteen minutes, and I have to say, there's nothing I saw last night that. Uh, that bears being talked about really for more than 10 minutes. Oh, no, Ozzy Screenplay, they, uh, the people who are using my title for the film version, uh, the House Negro always gets it in the end. Um, they've been presenting and their contract, uh, they contracted me for a year. So that is where are we now, what month is this, July? So November, if they can't get a deal, they have to renew or uh, they'll just drop it. So we'll find out. Uh, but I've been, uh, they've been texting me and emailing me and I've been available to answer queries regarding uh, regarding uh, points of, of, of fact that they were unclear of. And then a strange thing, which I've told you and I haven't told anybody else, but I've been sleeping really strangely because I'm jet lagged. So I've been waking up at three in the morning, falling asleep at around six. 
And I wake up and three o'clock in the morning, Dan Premack had texted me for some or called me. And Dan Premack, I think, is a guy from Inc. or from Forbes, one of the guys who broke what was part of the Aussie story. I was like, man, why is Premack calling me? So I'm going to call him back on Monday and find out what the hell he wants. It could be something. Ozzy has hired a bunch of former former or present Goldman Sachs people. You, you won't find a single funeral at which you don't find a Goldman Sachs person. So this means they've retained them as advisors, which means can I use your name in my attempt? But look, you know, they were having a hard time organically building something before the numbers, I'm sure, which they continued to fake up until several months ago are still fucking fake. I'm fairly sure. Don't know for a fact. But uh, but the screenplay, as far as I know, they're still pushing ahead. You know, it's in production hell. But um, I think at this point now, it probably, in a macro sense, all depends on the sentencing that happens in September for Sonny and Elizabeth Holmes in regard to uh, in a regard to uh, that company that they're the bullshit company with the blood thing, because then the Justice Department can move on to other things. So if they take fraud seriously and they can send these people to actual jail time, then they'll move on and that story will pick up juice again. But whatever, I'm all I'm all about helping. I'm all about helping in any way I can. But the fights last night. What can you say? I mean, you know, I would stand I would stand to be corrected if somebody said, well, you didn't watch the whole fight. Yeah, but I did. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Abend. <laughs> Hamburg. Uh, there he is, Mr. Oliver. Uh, um, well, he's up late. He's up late. He probably got back from a show. Uh, he, 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 Oliver, Mr. O.R. right there, is, uh, I got him. I got him. You remember five years ago, we were standing next to each other. And, and if you read the tour diary, you know what I'm about to say. He uh, he he need me in the nut, tried to knee me in the nuts, but I had my hands in my pockets and my hoodie and had my nuts covered because I had a feeling. I was like, ah, nah, you didn't get me. This time he came in and he brought me this great record, <laughs> which I'm about to show you. And oh, <laughs> you're gonna fucking love this. <laughs> uh, Nazi <laughs> Nazi far eye and dub. <laughs> yes, and that's Hitler as as a Rastafarian, and there <laughs> there it's all of Hitler's speeches set to dub. And so I'm in the backstage room in Berlin, and he and he hands me this. He opens the door, and I'm sitting there, and he hands it to me, <laughs> and and I take the record with my left hand. And with my right hand, I punch him in the nuts. So I was like, ah, he goes, ah, you remember that? And I was like, yeah, I remember that. You know, I'm not, I'm naturally that guy. I'm that guy. It's a great record, by the way. But I understand the absolute inability to be <laughs> to have this be something. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, Haile Selassie, right? For it to be a very popular item. But it really works. It really works. So, um I have no idea if it would be illegal in Germany, but I'm glad to own it. So, um, you know, what with the fights last night, man? I mean, uh, I think I give a fight to fight breakdown on on care don't care, but let's let me tell you something. Um, if we we we've likened the UFC to drugs, right? And you have that moment of clarity sometimes if you're a drug user. Now let's let's talk about. Let's um, let's talk about um, let's talk about uh, psychedelics, and this is important. It ties in. Uh, uh, Bill Burr said he took mushrooms for the first time in his fifties, right? 
And I was like, wow, man, I wonder what that must be like. I took psychedelics for the first time when I was 19. And, um, and one of the most prevailing, if you had any experience with drugs before then, before I was 19, I had taken quaaludes, smoked weed, cocaine, and alcohol. And these are your your body mimics, you know, starts releasing serotonin or it starts to mimics your body's natural, you know, pleasure chemicals, right? Yeah. So take it, you know, at a party in Harlem, takes a coke, go home, get in the subway. By the time I get home, I'm okay. I feel largely I have a little buzz, but I'm I'm okay. You know, guy who gives me LSD for the first time, it's liquid. He drops it on my tongue. And I go, oh, man, this shit's not working. I don't, you know, half an hour later, I'm feeling nothing. Maybe I had too big of a meal before. I don't know. He goes, shit, I thought it was legit. I'll give you some more. It gives me three more drops. I'm like, yeah. And I'm hanging out in this room talking. And about 45 minutes in. And then you're off, right? off to the races and you realize if you know yourself at a certain point based on the dosages I was used to, I'm in for 18 to 20 hours. That's it. There's next time, the next day, the same time, probably I'm starting to feel like, okay, I could probably sleep now. Maybe not without the colors. Right. Uh, so probably one of the last times I'd done it, you know, I had the initial thing and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm but after about four or five hours of being out and about, I was like, yeah, you know, man, I got to go home. And I go home and I'm watching TV. I'm like, uh, all the philosophizing, the good ideas, discussing of innate reason and rationality and the noumena and all that stuff. That's all happened before. I'm just watching TV. I was like, I don't need to be up 18 hours watching TV with this shit in my head. It's just pointless. It's a waste of everything. Experience, joy, it's just a complete fucking waste for me to be here like this now. I mention this story now for a very specific reason. Under normal circumstances, you could use the excuse, Eugene, you didn't watch the whole fight. I did watch the whole fight. Outside of two hours I was training, which I could watch those two fights now. I rewatched them. I've seen the, all of them. It turns out after uh, talking to Steph, I tuned in on the second fight. So I guess I turned in at 9.16. They'd already been one fight. That's it. It's done. It's done. You know, this was initially set up to be like kind of a barroom deal, right? Like all this, all this arguments about who does the best martial arts and all that is going to settle for once and all. And it's, it's transmogrified into something, you know, its own sport. And we love it. Yeah, there skills and but this, there's no, you know, it's not the fastest growing sport for men between the ages of 20 and 35. It's not enlivening people and endeavor to care about anything other than fucking professional bull riding. It's 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 not the wave of the future. I met some guys when we played Lil, some Brazilian guys. I go over there, track them down to see if they train. Everybody who trained at jiu-jitsu who I met on the road, I, I attacked because I was missing jiu-jitsu so badly. So I, I had an attack in London, Birmingham, and in uh, Brussels. They were all good-natured. Jiu-jitsu is what I do with my friends. But these guys are not tied in. 
MMA, UFSI, has been very good for grappling arts. That people know who Gordon Craig is and they don't boo. I mean, they actually watch that, you know, their jiu-jitsu schools. I'm sitting here. There's one not even a mile from me. The guy who gave me my brown belt teaches it for the poor kids, you know, whatever. Then beyond that, three miles down, Soraka, it's been great for the grappling arts. Judo, too. They don't want to admit it, you know, judo, judo too. Wrestling, judo, all the actual arts, Muay Thai, it's all been great for them. But MMA itself, you know, and I said initially a long time ago, 30 years ago, I said this is going to be huge because it's a, it's a combat sport wherein, you know, White cats are competitive, whereas boxing had become, unless you're Eastern European, you know, Mexican or black, you're not going to, you're not sending your kids to get their heads beaten in. If you're a soccer mom, you're not doing it, but you can get to the UFSI by wrestling. Yeah, fine. But they can also wrestle and then become, you know, professional grappler, grapplers and have great, now they're talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as like uh, an Olympics. I mean, the UFC? Nah, 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 it's gone. So I didn't feel bad about not doing the show. This show is not strictly about MMA. I could have done about other things, but other things that I wrote about. So you have, you have, you could feel, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're interchangeable. And I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start doing audio files for the Substack for those of you who just, that's your jam. You don't want to read. I know I was choking a guy. So I'm not going to let you go unless you buy my book. He goes, I can, I won't. I go, why not? He goes, I don't read. I go, where do you get your news from? Because people tell me things. I was like, I was shocked. I let the guy go. Okay, some of you like it. So at the far, I, I, they have a thing now where at the top of that you can have a audio file. So I'll write it and then I'll read it. Maybe some people just like the right guy, the guy who wrote it to have it in his voice. And I think I got to do an audio book for the memoir too, and I'll be doing that as well. So the fights, I talked about it on care, don't care. Eight hours and fifteen minutes. I don't really care to reiterate. Were there any cares on the card that the, didn't exist before? Sort of Nathaniel Wood, yeah, you know, Klein, yeah. Fought great fights, interesting fights, exciting fights. You know, Jordan Leavitt, uh, you know, got he honestly dismasted by by uh by uh Pimlet. Um you know, uh, it, 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 it it's sad, but you know what? I'm not a sentimentalist. The fact that I was at UFC number one and to now and have, you know, got, you know, months away from my black belt at this point, uh, it's, it's been a good ride. It's been, the fact that I'll still be involved enough to see Johnny Boney Joni finish out some portion of his career in heavyweight, either against Stipe or Ngannou, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be around. I would have liked to see more GSP and some of those guys, but they've made it untenable. And let me tell you something, one little thing that I still has some juice um, Comsat and Diaz, careful there, careful there. These odds are fucking ridiculous. When you get these ridiculous odds, some things that are strange happen. I could gladly and easily comfortably lose a hundred dollars on on Diaz, but at a certain point, it's out of your hands if you're the fighter. When I saw those odds with Pena and Nunez, I was like, somebody's going to clean up. And suddenly Nunez shows up, not looking anything like Nunez of old. 
oh my goodness, well, we're about to see how right I was. She's already opened up as a favorite over Pena. We'll see. But when odds are that crazy, crazy things happen. Crazy things happen. I'm not a Drake. I'm not going to put $1,000 on a Nate Diaz. Because there are lots of ways, like I talk about, and if the shoes fit, that Nate Diaz could, he could loneliness, loneliness of a long-distance runner his way out of just lay down on the mat. Go, there you go. Completed my contract. Fuck you. DQ, that's it. My fight's gone. See you later. Hello, Jake Paul. Or he could fight and win. Oh, you boys, you more. What are the odds on this fight? Don't be taken in. Don't be in the, on the dummy side of the curtain. Now, that's the thing about the bald one. He may not give a shit about the Usi anymore, but it's clear he's a gambling degenerate. That would be hilarious. So, uh, um, I, you know, I'm still, I've, I'm a lifelong martial artist. I've been paying attention to martial arts since I was four years old. Had a grandfather who was in a boxing. We used to re- he used to read me Ring Magazine. The rest of you getting read Sesame Street books, reading Ring Magazine. So I'll pay attention to some degree, but not this degree. Not eight hours and 15 minutes degree. No. No, 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 no. I'm going to start taking my kid to, to jiu-jitsu classes. And that, yep, I'm still in, but not eight hours and 15 minutes in. Exactly, man. Exactly. Come on. Come on. Now, you know, maybe maybe uh, Nunez goes, what the fuck do I give a shit? I got the money. I mean, I guarantee you she made so much money from, I don't know what happened last time. She made so much money from that that she doesn't have to work again. The dummies. The dummies. Listen, I sat at a table, a wedding I went to in Las Vegas. Kenny Wynn, Stephen's brother, gets married to Dale. I'm friends with Dale. I'm sitting there with Dale. On her side of the room. I'm sitting there with like Priscilla Presley and Paul Anka at my table. Stephen Stills, Stills Nash and and Crosby, Crosby are singing on stage at this wedding. And people at the table go, you know, the winds seem so nice. I don't know anything about them being connected to the mafia. They've been major casino owners for the last 30 years. The dude was kidnapped and taken to the desert. You, I'm sitting at a table with fucking morons. I actually got up and moved my table. As soon as Paul Anka left, I'm gone. So, you know. Gambling degenerates keep the world keep the world going because there's some people that will believe anything. Nunez really lost that fight. <laughs> okay, John Jones. So anyway, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so that, that that's where we are. That's where we are. Eight hours and fifteen minutes, and still we got ten minutes, and we really didn't say shit about the fights. What are we gonna say? It's deck deck chairs in the Titanic at this point. Oh, fights to make. Who gives a fuck about the fights to make? Stop it. Anyway, this is version two, two, two. Kids still sleeping. I'm not going to scream. Tuesday night, we got If the Shoes Fit. Second night on it, I'm back. My voice should be less hoarse then. 
No Substack this week because I doubled up and you still got the tour diaries to read. Read them. I'll retweet them out. You can subscribe for free. Don't be put off by the whole pay thing. You can pay if you want, but you can subscribe to the Substack for free. It comes in your email. Later on this week, I might go live with my thing on Wong Duty interview with Mike Patton from Faith No More, his first major one since he canceled the Faith No More tour. We do not talk about whatever problems he had that caused him to cancel the tour. Until then, until then, don't die. And the kid's still sleeping, so I'm going to save healthily. Look what you made me do!